Welcome to the Paul Gunn Podcast. Paul is an American pastor and chaplain who seeks to teach the Bible in an easy to understand and inspirational way to people of all ages. He believes the truths found in the scriptures have the power to change lives. Paul's church has a diverse mix of nationalities and ethnicities where the scriptures are taught in seven languages. When he's not serving his church, he's serving the military as a chaplain. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy this edition of the Paul Gunn Podcast. The title of my message today is When Faith Fails, and I will be speaking from Mark chapter 14 and then later from John chapter 21. I'm going through a three-part sermon series called Finding Your Way Back to Jesus. And last week I spoke about When Jesus Sleeps. And I spoke about the difficulty of struggling through a storm and feeling as if Jesus is sleeping. And I reminded you that it's better to be in the boat with a sleeping Jesus than in the storm without him. And I encourage you to resist the temptation to jump ship. And today, I want to talk to those who already have. This is the second installment of this sermon series. Today's message is called When Faith Fails. And I will address two primary points in the life of a man named Peter. I have a new confession for us today. I want to share it with you first and then ask you to repeat it after me if you agree with it. So listen to me say it first. Jesus is my Redeemer. There is no other. I pledge to him my mind, my heart, my life, my all. If you agree with that confession, will you say it with me this morning? Jesus is my Redeemer. There is no other. I pledge to him my mind, my heart, my all. First this morning, I want you to see the process of falling away as initiated by Peter. And then later, I'm going to share with you the the plea to come back home as initiated by Jesus. So first we have the, the process of falling away as initiated by Peter. Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 66, the scripture says, While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. And when the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them, and he denied it. After a little while, those standing near Peter said, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He, meaning Peter, began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you are talking about, and immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered the words of Jesus, Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me 
three times. And he broke down and wept. It had been a long, hard night. Peter and the other disciples had celebrated the Passover meal with Jesus before. All these occurrences happened with the crucifixion. It was a different type of celebration, though, because Jesus had washed their feet and then he had made some strange predictions. And then when they should have been tucking themselves into bed, Jesus had taken them to the Garden of Gethsemane and asked them to pray. But unfortunately, we know the story. They fell asleep. And finally, soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And Peter, Peter had drawn his sword and and cut off a man's ear. (laughs) And Jesus told Peter to put the sword away, and he healed the man's ear. Then he allowed the soldiers to take him away. The rest of the disciples scattered. Only Peter... And one other lagged behind the regiment to see what had happened with their dearest friend named Jesus. And that night, Peter's faith was put to the test. Unfortunately, Peter failed. I want you to imagine with me what Peter must have felt like in these moments. I want you to think about the reasons why he denied the Lord. You know, we come down on Peter, don't we? We get angry with Peter for what he did, but I want you to listen to what I have to say. Prior to this dreadful evening, Peter had been one of Jesus' closest friends. He was one of the few who saw Jesus in his glorified body before the resurrection. (laughs) Peter was one of the inner circle. Peter was often rash, but but he acted out of his passionate love for his belief in Christ. It was Peter who had faith enough to step out onto the water with Jesus. And it was Peter who drew the sword in defense of his Savior. How then, how was it then that Peter came to deny Jesus in such a short period of time? Why did his faith take such a hasty nosedive, especially when Jesus warned him of this very thing? Here are several reasons that likely led to the denial of knowing Jesus. Listen closely. His physical condition, his emotional state, and his intellectual confusion. Listen while I talk about Peter's physical condition. He was completely exhausted. In the garden, Jesus asked his disciples, and especially Peter, to to be in prayer. And three times Jesus found them sleeping. The Bible says that their eyes were heavy, and I'm sure you know what that means. They were so tired, they could not keep their eyes open. Each time they fell into a slumber, and Jesus woke them up. Once Jesus was arrested, Peter woke up quickly, but his body was still suffering from exhaustion. You know, sleep deprivation impacts our decision-making skills. And sometimes as a result of very real fatigue, we say things, we do things that we would not have said or done under those circumstances. And you know, that's not an excuse for denying Christ, but it is a warning to be aware. Next, let's look at Peter's emotional state. Peter was frightened for Jesus, and he was frightened for himself. The danger 
was, was very real and very present. And even before the denials, he was probably also uh, feeling guilty. And like all of us who have experienced a traumatic event, he was probably rethinking the events of the previous evening and wondering what he could have done differently. There was no dress rehearsal for what had happened. There was no exercise to determine the pros and cons and, and decisions that needed to be made if something like what they were experiencing was actually going to happen. There was no trial run. If only, if only he had been more alert. Maybe he would have seen the soldiers coming and they could have escaped. If only he had listened closer to the things that Jesus had said. Maybe he would have been more prepared for what had happened. Peter was also grieving. He was sure, he was quite certain that it was over. His days of ministering with Jesus were behind him. Well, what did it mean for his future? And I'm sure also that he was angry. Why, why did Jesus prevent him from fighting and defending Jesus? Why did Jesus allow himself to be taken by those soldiers? Why didn't Jesus just wipe out all the oppressors from the face of the earth and bring the kingdom of heaven in right then and taking his rightful place on the throne? You know, most of us would agree that raw emotions can lead to bad decisions. And again, it's not an excuse for denying Christ, but it does explain the process by which Peter fell away so quickly. Now let's look at Peter's intellectual confusion. Nothing that was happening made sense. Peter was not a biblical scholar. He was not a theologian. He was a simple fisherman who had spent the last three years sitting at the feet of Jesus trying to learn what it meant to be a disciple. Following Jesus was no doubt empowering. Just imagine it, seeing people healed, witnessing evil spirits cast out of people, seeing miracles, watching Jesus boldly telling off the righteous establishment. Well... Peter went from being a fisherman to a position of prominence with Jesus. He went from being a nobody to being a somebody. Life was great every day with Jesus, and it was just getting better. Peter probably thought that what he was doing with Jesus right then was going to happen. That's going to be every day for the rest of his life, he thought. And the circumstances of that evening, the way, the way they happened and, and the way it all came about suddenly did not match the picture in his head. The reality, the reality of Jesus dying on a cross did not line up with the way Peter had imagined things would be. Intellectual confusion. Here's what I personally believe. Peter was as human as human can get. <laughs> I can identify with Peter. I believe that Peter felt let down by Jesus. He had an image of Jesus that was just completely shattered. And even though Jesus foretold many things, Peter did not understand all of them. He had an image of Jesus that, that just, just was not what was going on. This strong, strong man named Jesus with this very soft side about him. The man who, 
who had it all together, the man who gave Peter a whole new life, this man that he followed for about three years as they, they laughed together and they camped together, they ate together. Jesus was his best friend. And not only that, he was his provider. He was his protector. And now, where was Jesus? And, and why did Jesus not say anything to his accusers? Why, why did he not push back? Peter, now alone, did not have his best friend, his provider, his protector, his teacher, and his inspiration and purpose for living was now gone. You know, when the circumstances around us do not make sense, we tend to revert to what feels right and run from what feels wrong. And while Peter struggled with the conditions of his own heart, the world did not stop spinning, and trouble soon came knocking at his door. And before he knew it, Peter had taken a step away from Jesus. And after a while, he had distanced himself even further. And before morning came, Peter had disowned his Savior and abandoned his faith in front of witnesses. Sometimes people turn away from God out of direct disobedience. But sometimes, like Peter, disillusionment is the result of more complicated circumstances. Peter was no longer in the boat with Jesus. He was no longer in the water grabbing Jesus' hand. You know the story of Jesus of Peter walking on the water. When Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink and Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. Jesus wasn't there to rescue him now. Jesus was nowhere to be found. Peter was in the storm all alone. And you might be there right now yourself. The physical, emotional, And mental challenges of this world may have worn you down. You're tired. You're sad. You're angry. Things simply do not make sense. It seemed that Jesus did not come to Peter's rescue when Peter needed him. And you may be thinking the same thing, that Jesus did not come to my rescue when I needed him. Jesus did not do what you wanted him to do, what you needed him to do. His response did not look like you imagined it would be. And so finally you gave up. Maybe you were like Peter. Maybe you voiced those frustrations in the form of of an audible denial that others could hear. Maybe you have publicly turned away from Jesus with your disappointment Or it's more likely, especially if you're here today, that your decision to pull away has been more of a private kind. Outside, you look the part of a Christian, but on the inside, you too have abandoned your faith. And while thinking through these three messages that I'm bringing to you about finding your way back to Jesus, I was reminded of the parable of the seeds in Mark chapter 4. Seeds fell up on different types of ground. There were some seeds that fell up on rocky soil. And the scripture tells us that they sprang up quickly. But when the sun came out, they withered quickly because they had no roots. I believe that many people who fall away 
are like those seeds. The soil around them is not good. The conditions are good for quick germination, quick sprouting, quick growth. But when the conditions are not good, when the sun comes out, there is no long-term sustainability. You know, most of you have been gardeners at some time or other. And you know what to do with rocky soil. And that is to remove the rocks. I believe that many people who fall away are people who have not grown as Christians. Many people, as I've said, who fall away are people who did not grow up in Christian homes necessarily. They didn't have the, rock, the, 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 the good soil. They withered due to lack of roots, roots. They accepted some teaching about Jesus and the Christian life, but they did not go deeper. Listen how, listen how Jesus describes the rocky, rocky ground. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, Others are like the seed planted on rocky ground. They hear the teaching and quickly accept it as joy, with joy. But since they don't allow the teaching to go deep into their lives, they keep it only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, uh, because of the teaching they accepted, they quickly give up. I realize that I'm speaking to a diverse audience of people. Some of you have been faithful to the Lord for many years, and you may think that today's message is not really relevant to you. Uh, I believe that others here may have fallen away for different reasons, and people watching by television or YouTube or some other way are listening to this, and they, 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 you've fallen away for some reason. And, and this is your story. You, you've got a story that's yours, and it's yours alone. But let, let me announce to you two things. I am not here to judge, nor is anybody else, and there is hope. There is hope. So there is a process of falling away, but there is also the plea to come back home as initiated by Jesus. You see, Peter is the one who left Jesus. And I believe that Peter on his own couldn't have come back to Jesus. Jesus reached out to him. John chapter 21, if you'll turn there, tells us how Peter found his way back to Jesus. It was a few days after the crucifixion. Jesus had made a couple of appearances to his disciples already after the resurrection. It appears that the disciples who had been fishermen prior to becoming followers of Jesus, had just returned to their previous jobs. It's over. Let's just go back to what we did before. And Jesus called out to them when they were fishing. They did not recognize him. And he said, do you have any fish? And they said no. And he told them to put their nets on the right side of the boat. They were unable to haul the net because it was so full. And when Peter realized that it was Jesus, he jumped out of the boat and jumped into the water since they were not that far from the shore. And when they got to the shore, Jesus had made breakfast for them. John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter's worst fears had become reality. Jesus was crucified. And then all of a sudden, Peter was surprised. Jesus rose again. And he appeared to the disciples, including Peter, but the Bible does not record any real previous conversation about Peter's failure during those first two appearances. In other words, when Jesus saw the disciples two times prior to this, after the resurrection, he didn't say, hey, Peter, you failed me. He didn't didn't approach it that way. But he restores Peter. All of the Gospels share Peter's failures. But only John records his restoration. In these verses, we see a similarity between the events of that faithful night with the other Gospels. Like the Passover meal they shared before the crucifixion, Jesus served his friends and broke bread with them. In the same way that Peter had three opportunities to confirm or deny his relationship with Christ before the crucifixion, Jesus offered Peter three opportunities to confirm his love for him. And I want you to notice what has not changed. Peter was still physically tired because he and the fishermen had been up all night. Peter was just as emotional as ever. Upon hearing that Jesus was on shore, he rashly put on his clothes and jumped into the water to take a swim. And he was as intellectually confused with uncertainty about the future as he'd ever been. Instead of of telling people about the risen Christ, what he had done, he had returned to his previous occupation of fishing. But this time, Peter's responses, Peter's response was different. Yeah, he was tired, he was emotional, he was intellectually confused. Three times Jesus asked Peter and three times Peter affirmed, yes, I love you. Make no mistake, Peter could have walked away. And make no mistake, Jesus could have left Peter alone with his guilt and betrayal. Jesus could have gone back to heaven and Peter would have gone back to being a full-time fisherman and the story would be over. But here's one thing. Oh, listen to me. Peter disowned Christ, but Jesus Christ never disowned Peter. Jesus loved Peter, and Jesus did not want his faith to die. And this conversation on the beach that day was a reminder of their love for one another and a call for Peter to come home, to come back into the fold, not only in appearances, but but with his heart, with his soul, with his mind. Jesus knew that Peter's faith had failed, but he wanted Peter to come home. He wanted Peter to follow him. There was another disciple who failed, and his name was Judas. You know, Judas called Jesus just like he called the other disciples. He taught Judas in the same way that he taught the other disciples. He loved Judas just as much as he loved Peter. He washed Judas' feet along with the other disciples. And just like Jesus warned Peter of what was about to come, Jesus tried to warn Judas. Even when Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, which was a signal that the person that he kissed was the one the soldiers were looking for, even when he did that, 
Jesus called him friend. You know that Judas also mourned his decision, but Judas never returned home. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says, Come unto me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Maybe you have turned your back on Jesus. Maybe you are tired of all the pain that life has brought you. Maybe you are afraid or hurt or angry or physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, intellectually confused. Maybe to you following Jesus has not turned out to be what you thought it would be. If you've hardened your heart toward Jesus, I want to remind you of this. Your soul is valuable to him. Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. And he does not want you to navigate the storms of this life alone. He is still there. Listen to me. He's still there on the shores of your heart. He sees you. He's calling out to you. He's inviting you to come back to him. But the choice is yours. You can be like Judas and you can try to figure it out on your own. Or you can be like Peter and start over. Praise God that we've got a God of second chances. You've been listening to the Paul Gunn Podcast, produced by Marie McKinney-Oates, available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tina Tran. Have a good day, mate.